If you're anything like me, the thought of slaving away in the kitchen for hours after a hectic day is a little less than appealing. But what if I told you that I've got a little something to make your weekday anti-inflammatory eating a breeze? Introducing my free checklist, the must-have kitchen staples for effortless anti-inflammatory dinners. This is your ticket to stress-free weekday dinners and consistent success in the kitchen. Imagine not having to deal with last-minute grocery store runs or staring at your pantry in exhaustion. Imagine coming home from a demanding day, effortlessly whipping up an anti-inflammatory meal, and still having time to unwind, relax, and catch up on your favorite shows. All you have to do is head over to betterwithcarbo.com forward slash checklist and claim your free copy of this invaluable resource. Let this checklist be your guide to transform your kitchen into a haven of effortless anti-inflammatory cooking and well-balanced meals. Get ready for a life where weekday anti-inflammatory eating is not just easier, but it's downright delightful. Your journey to a healthier, more vibrant you starts right now. Food and nutrition aren't as black and white as we would like to think it is. It's not about what's good or bad. It's about what your health goals are and what you want to eat. Take romaine lettuce, for example. Romaine brings its own nutritional perks, and kale adds a bit more fiber and potassium to the mix. But just because kale has a few extra more nutrients in it, you wouldn't say romaine lettuce is a bad food, right? So let's stop saying things like, this is bad, or this is bad for me to have. Let's start working on finding that sweet spot where satisfaction and health can shake hands. I'm Chrissy Carbo, registered dietitian and host of the Inflamed in the Brain podcast, Here we cut through the confusion and complexity of inflammatory health to deliver straightforward, bite-sized strategies and information you can easily apply to your life. Not too long ago, I was lost in a sea of information, overwhelmed by the challenges of inflammation. But through years of trial, education, and self-discovery, I learned to break free from the chaos of fad diets and cultivate a practical anti-inflammatory lifestyle that not only helped me stabilize my own diagnosis, but thrive with it. Whether you're an autoimmune warrior or simply seeking a healthier, uncomplicated life, you've found your tribe. Join me as we explore realistic strategies that can make a profound difference in your life. So if you're ready to embrace a simpler, healthier way of living, you're in the right place, my friend. Let's dive in, learn, and grow together. Welcome to the Inflames in the Brain podcast. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Inflamed in the Brain podcast. I'm your host, Chrissy, and I can't believe we're already at the end of the year. I always find myself in this limbo between Thanksgiving and Christmas where I'm on this holiday high around Thanksgiving time, and then I hit a bit of a lull until Christmas comes around and rekindles that festive spirit, and then that week that's between Christmas and New Year's Eve, forget it. I've mentally clocked out of everything. Anyway... I hope you're truly savoring these last few weeks of 2023. You know, one thing that tends to hold us back from really enjoying the holidays is the fear of overeating. I hear this all the time. It's not just a concern for our health, but it's the discomfort that we physically feel from an overeating episode. Plus, nobody wants to hear those passing comments from our family about how much we've eaten or how much is on our plate, right? And for some of us, we just sort of accept overeating as an inevitable part of the holidays. We put our health on hold and we tell ourselves that we'll just resume our plans come January 1st. I know this because I've done it for years where I'm making moves to take better care of myself. And then around Thanksgiving time, I just tell myself I'm going to take a break. Hello, Thanksgiving is literally a holiday centered around food. 
And then I'll just restart January 1st because why start anything when Christmas is between Thanksgiving and New Year's? I would literally tell myself that the holidays was not a time to be healthy. But deep down, I know, and I know you know, that this approach just doesn't work. You feel guilty for all of the holiday indulgences. You feel like you should be doing better to take care of yourself. You feel bloated and you feel sluggish after every meal. So today, I want to share three mindset shifts to help you avoid overeating on the holidays. Believe it or not, overeating isn't due to a lack of willpower. A lot of people who overeat think that they lack this self-restraint or self-control around food. And we blame ourselves and our lack of determination or strength for overeating, but it has very little to do with our ability to hold ourselves back. Overeating actually has everything to do with what's been ingrained in us since childhood and what's been told to us by diet culture. In today's world, we give morale to food by labeling them as good and bad. We are easily influenced by fad diets and we tell ourselves that we're not allowed to eat certain foods. And because our families have raised us to save our appetite for real big meals, we starve ourselves to save our calories for the big dinner that's coming later on that holiday. These three things are the reasons why we overeat, not our willpower. I know these mindset shifts work because I've told myself these things for years, and every single holiday I would overeat without fail. I would feel so physically uncomfortable and incredibly guilty afterwards, and I got all the comments about how fast I was able to clear my plate, about how much food I loaded on my plate, And once I became more aware on how I was thinking and I challenged what I believed to be true, the overeating stopped and I was able to be more present with my family and truly enjoy the holiday season while taking care of myself. So today I want to help you find that same kind of awareness. I want you to be able to challenge your internal self-talk, try something new, and see how this can transform how you experience the holidays. When you make these mindset shifts, you'll see that it doesn't have to be one thing or the other. You don't have to choose between taking care of yourself or enjoying the holiday. You can do both. So if you're into it, let's work on shifting our mindset together. The very first mindset shift that we're going to talk about is my personal fave because this one is great for the holidays and every other day thereafter. Instead of thinking, I'm not allowed to eat this or this is a bad food to eat, Ask yourself, what do you really want to eat? And then follow up with, is there anything else that can be added to this food to make it more balanced? First, I just want to clarify that food has no morale. There are no good foods and there are no bad foods. There are some foods that are more nutritious than others, but that's all relative and that doesn't make it a good or a bad food. But when we do this, when we label food as good or bad, or specifically when we label food as bad, We feel shame when we eat these foods, and that shame also causes us to binge in order to cope, but then we feel more shame afterwards, so it's like this toxic shame cycle. You know like in that movie Bridesmaids when Kristen Wiig's character keeps going back and sleeping with John Hamm's character, but then feels really ashamed about it afterwards? Those holiday foods that you just can't get enough of are like that toxic hookup that feels really good in the moment, but you feel full of regret and shame later. The difference is that those holiday foods aren't necessarily toxic and you don't need to break up with them forever. If we could just stop labeling food as good or bad and give ourselves permission to just eat what we want in a responsible way, we replace shame 
with satisfaction. And when I say responsible, I mean enjoying them in a way that's more balanced. When we create a balanced plate, we create a more nutritious meal that avoids an inflammatory cascade brought on by sugar spikes and also helps get rid of that shame that leads to overeating. Asking yourself, what else can I eat with this, also gets rid of that restrictive mentality that leads to overeating. When we tell ourselves we can't have our favorite holiday foods, guess what happens? That's all we think about. It becomes this forbidden fruit, and when we finally get a chance to indulge, we go all out. And I'm not talking about a little extra serving or two. I'm talking about a full-blown binge. Research actually backs this up, showing that restricting leads to increased preoccupation with food and distractibility. And I'm sure you can relate. Imagine you're at a holiday party, eyeing those brownies at the dessert table. You decide to be good and opt for fruit instead. It's a healthier choice, right? But as you munch on those berries and melons, the craving for something more indulgent, more savory lingers. So you want to load up on more fruit because that's healthier than a brownie. And maybe you give yourself a little dollop of whipped cream just to compensate. But then that craving for chocolatey brownies is just poking away at you. You resist. Maybe you have a piece of dark chocolate, but it's way too bitter and it doesn't hit the spot. Later on that night, someone tells you about those delicious brownies, and then finally, you're like, you know what, fuck it, and you just cave. That first bite hooks you, and before you know it, you've declared a week-long hiatus from your diet, devouring six or seven of those brownies, and then the guilt sets in. This is a very real-like situation that I've been in tons of times, and I'm sure you have too. And I just want to point out that if you would have had that one brownie to begin with, You would have skipped all of the unnecessary mental gymnastics and unfulfilling dietary workarounds, which in the long run does more harm to your health than just having the damn brownie. Think about it. You want a brownie. Instead, you have fruit, which is a carb. Not satisfied, so you have more fruit. Still not satisfied, so you go for more fruit plus whipped cream. Carb. And a piece of chocolate. Carb. Still not satisfied. Brownie craving at an all-time high. Eventually, you cave and load up on not one, but seven brownies. Now, what do you think would have happened if you would have just allowed yourself to enjoy the brownie to begin with? You would have just had that one brownie. You would have been satisfied. You would have avoided all of the unnecessary naked carbs and move forward with your night. So give yourself permission to eat your favorites, find balance on your plate, and move on with the holiday festivities. All right, diving into another game-changing mindset shift, especially when it comes to battling overeating on the holidays, the elimination of food scarcity. We've all been there when we feel like something is in limited supply. There's this natural instinct to load up because who knows when it's going to make a return appearance. Remember the toilet paper shortage during the 2020 pandemic? If something seems like it's scarce, we just want it more. Now, I totally get it. Certain foods practically define the holiday experience. They're nostalgic, and it's tradition to serve these foods at celebrations. But what do you think would happen if we just flipped the script on this one? What if we said that that go-to holiday dish, the one that we cannot stop eating, is available year-round? Chances are you wouldn't be piling your plate sky-high at the holiday party. This mindset shift really helped me out with overeating arroz con gandules during the holidays. My favorite food is rice. I am Puerto Rican after all. I can have rice all day, every day without getting tired of it. So arroz con gandules is like rice 2.0. If you don't know what it is, it's seasoned rice cooked with pigeon peas, 
and for me, it's the ultimate comfort and special occasion food. My mom always made and still makes arroz con gandules for every major holiday, and if someone special is coming over to the house, it's rooted in me that arroz con gandules means celebration. Now, for years, I would eat so much of this glorious rice during the holidays because it was a rare treat. It wasn't available to me year-round. And I am not exaggerating. I would have seconds. I would have thirds. I would take a short break. Then I'd be back for more. And the breakthrough finally happened for me when I consciously reminded myself that arroz con gandules wasn't confined to holiday exclusivity. Even though the dish is very special to the holiday, I could make it and eat it any day of the year if I really wanted to. And you know what? That's exactly what I did. If my husband and I were talking about holiday shopping in October and it triggered a particular memory, I'd make arroz con gandules for dinner. As I'm recording this podcast, I'm talking about how delicious this rice is. I'll probably make it for dinner sometime this week. My point here being is that once this dish became a regular in my life, the excessive holiday servings dwindled. Arroz con gandules lost that scarcity factor. It became a regular at my dinner table and the overeating with multiple servings at the holiday stop. So I encourage you to remind yourself that if you really want this one particular food year round, no matter what it is, if it's turkey, if it's pecan pie, if it's pumpkin pie, if it's apple pie, I don't know why I'm thinking about so much pie, but no matter what it is, if you just tell yourself that it is available year round and actually follow through and make it available year round, it loses that scarcity and the overeating will stop. Now this last mindset shift is an important one. Let's ditch the habit of skipping meals or fasting to save your appetite for that grand feast come dinner time. Now I know this might be a tough one because it's been drilled into us since childhood. This whole notion of saving your appetite for a bigger and better main event is practically a family tradition. So we skip breakfast and we skip lunch and we anticipate the feast that's waiting for us later on. But here's irony. Not many of us really get to enjoy the holiday or actual dinner when we starve ourselves all day. Apart from turning into a certified hangry beast, intentionally starving yourself, even if it's just for a day, neglects our inherent need to eat and it pushes your body to go into survival mode. Your usual routine involves breaking your overnight fast with breakfast, but on this particular day, you skip it. So your body's already on high alert questioning what's going on. And by the time dinner hits, you finally see the spread, your brain screams, food! And at that point, you zone out, serve yourself a crazy amount of food, especially those holiday types of foods that we just finished talking about. And within minutes, you've cleaned your plate. This is a literal survival mechanism. Your body doesn't know that you're intentionally not eating. So at the next opportunity where food is presented, your brain signals that you need to eat as much as possible because it doesn't know the next time that it'll get the opportunity to eat. I remember the last time I saved my appetite, I was probably a teenager and I served myself so much food and I was uncomfortably full within five minutes. I wasn't engaged in conversation. I missed out on family stories. Everyone else was still eating and I was passing out from the itis. So to truly savor the meal and the company you're with, it's time to let go of this saving my appetite mindset and honor your hunger cues. So instead of telling yourself that you're going to save your appetite for later, tell yourself that you're going to respect your hunger cues and eat when you feel hungry. This goes for every day, but becomes especially crucial during the holidays. Have a balanced breakfast, enjoy some lunch, 
It sets the stage for a more enjoyable dinner where you're not battling survival instincts. Plus, it makes it easier to implement the first two mindset shifts that we've discussed when we're not locked into survival mode. All right, my friend, those are the three mindset shifts that can put the brakes on overeating and let you genuinely savor the holidays. I always love mindset talks because honestly, you can know all the ins and outs of nutrition, but you won't really find success long-term unless you address and challenge and correct those internal talks and beliefs about food. And that's what we want, right? We want practical, realistic approaches to be successful long-term. At the end of the day, we are creatures wired for survival. Our primal instinct is to do whatever it takes to stay alive, and yep, eating falls into that category. When we play the scarcity game, saving our appetite, or ingraining in our brains that a particular food only comes around once a year, our natural reaction is to binge for survival. It's not about willpower. It's a gut-level survival reflex. Once we reframe our thoughts to get rid of the scarcity, that survival switch gets turned off and the overeating takes a backseat. We also have to remember that food and nutrition aren't as black and white as we would like to think it is. It's not about what's good or bad. It's about what your health goals are and what you want to eat. Take romaine lettuce, for example. Romaine brings its own nutritional perks, and kale adds a bit more fiber and potassium to the mix. But just because kale has a few extra more nutrients in it, you wouldn't say romaine lettuce is a bad food, right? So let's stop saying things like, this is bad, or this is bad for me to have. Let's start working on finding that sweet spot where satisfaction and health can shake hands. All right, so before I wrap up today, I want to encourage you to do one more thing. I want you to make your health a priority year-round. There's no need to complicate things. I'm all about keeping it simple when it comes to health. It can be something as simple as listening to and respecting your hunger cues, adding more color and fiber to your plate, getting 10 minutes of sunlight in, The purpose here is to let go of phrases like, I'll eat healthier in the new year, or I'll start that new diet in the new year. We think this way because we have this all or nothing mentality where we often fall into this mindset of thinking, either I'm going to be healthy or not. We think that the pursuit of health has to be real sophisticated and separate from celebration and joy when none of that is true. The truth is, health isn't as cut and dried. It's nuanced, it's personal, and it deserves a tailored approach. You can't just hit the pause and play button whenever you want. It's about having real respect for yourself and your body. Sure, there are things that clearly aren't great for you, but most of the time we're not seeking ways to gain a six-pack while downing McDonald's every day. We're not looking for ways to smoke cigarettes and be marathon runners. Most of us just want a way to enjoy our food without feeling like we're screwing ourselves in the end. And the good news is it's totally doable and it starts with these mindset shifts. I really hope that you found this episode helpful. And if you did, please leave a review and subscribe so you're not missing out on any of our podcast dates. And you can also reach out to me. I'm at Better With Carbo on Instagram. I want to hear from you. I want to hear what mindset shift really resonated with you. And don't forget to share this episode with a friend who might also find it helpful. And check out the show notes for links mentioned in this episode. Until next time, guys, same time, same place.